Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. I'm your host, David Hensel, and today we're talking about a very important topic in these crazy days. It's emergency work from home. And my guest is a good friend of mine, Lee Martin, who's the founder of Time Doctor and also running remote. And Liam is actually, if you look up in the dictionary, the word remote work, there's Liam's picture next to it. He's been talking about remote work for the last 15 years, I think. And I'm super excited to have him on. Thank you for being on the show, Liam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I actually am on Instagram and Twitter at Liam Remote. So (laughs) you're right. Uh, that is that is the thing that I'm really into. So do you want to give us a quick elevator pitch um, on, on your company's Time Doctor and your conference running remote? Sure. So Time Doctor is time tracking for remote teams. We've been running that company for about nine years. And we have people in 36 different countries all over the world. And we have a core mission statement inside of everything that we do, which is empowering people to be able to work whenever they want, wherever they want. That has been edited in the last few weeks where now we're just trying to get as many people to work from home as humanly possible because that's the thing that's going to break the back of the current situation that we are in. I don't know where you're going to be putting this up, David, but if you say the C word on various platforms, uh, you automatically get de-indexed. So I'm not going to include that certain C word that uh, we're all talking, we all know is currently happening oh, right wow. now, this global situation that is currently happening right now, but we, uh, we should not be talking about it. Just a, just a little algorithm trick. Also, um, we, I'm co-organizer of a conference called Running Remote, which is the largest conference on building and scaling remote teams. Uh, that's been running for a few years in Bali. The next one was going to happen April 20th in Austin, Texas. However, like everyone else, it was canceled. Uh, We lost a couple hundred thousand on that cancellation, like everyone else in this event space. And instead, we're running a virtual event called Remote Aid instead, uh, which is really focused on just trying to get people to be able to get remote, work remote, because, again, we feel that this is the fastest way to be able to break the back of the current situation that we're in. Who would have thought that Time Doctor will save lives at some point? It does have Doctor in the name, uh, which <laughs> is, uh, is actually a funny story. My co-founder, Rob, is a medical doctor. So that's where we came up with it. Um, and he got out of, of emergency medicine and got into um, building SaaS products. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been a whirlwind the last few weeks. And I understand that probably a lot of people that are listening right now, probably they don't really know what's happening next. No one really knows what's going to be happening next, but we're absolutely going to get through this. Uh, I always like to think in situations like this, I put myself forward in time, six to 12 months, and everything's going to be fine in 12 months. And that really keeps me grounded because even though there's all of these crazy things that are currently happening right now, I can guarantee you in 12 months, things are going to be a lot better. 
So in terms of helping people to get set up and running and, and working from home and also as, as a business owner thinking about like, what do I have to do to make this happen? What are the things you should think about? And you've broken it down to a very cool framework. So framework's pretty simple. We've all been hit by a bus. Whenever you look at disaster mitigation, you really have to figure out what am I going to do today? What am I going to do next week? And what am I going to do next month? And that's a really great way to think about it. Um, you don't need to do everything today. You only need to do a small part of those things today. And I'm going to give you a structured framework to be able to get through this. So fundamentally, what you're going to do today, what you need to do first is a financial assessment. So if you're a business owner right now, you need to be able to look at your business and figure out what can I cut to keep the business functional. And the core piece that's really important for people to know is if you have to make very difficult cuts now, it's better to make them right now than in a month or two. So if you cannot function without cutting 20% of your workforce, but if you don't do that in three months, you're going to have to shut down your entire business. It's really important that you cut that 20% right now so that you can bounce back in six months. And I'm assuming the current situation that we're in, we will assume a six month slowdown, economic slowdown, and then also just environmental slowdown where everyone is going to have to be working remotely. So first one, make that assessment, figure out your P&L. Uh, a really great place to look right now is office leases. If your office lease is, is renewing in the next three months, I would highly suggest you take a look at it. Uh, within the next three months of your team working remotely, you very well might come to the conclusion that we didn't actually need this really expensive cost. That's 30% of my now. We can, you know, we can get rid of that and, um, and we can be functional at the cost of not actually letting go of people. The other side of it is tool setup. So I have a, a kind of philosophy with regards to remote work, which is it's people, process, and then tools in that order. And I never thought I'd be reversing that. My, my issue with people paying attention to tools when I give presentations on this is that's all they get out of the presentation is, oh, well, I should be using Slack or I should be using uh, Stormboard or something like that or Time Doctor. When in reality, if you have badly deployed tools with crappy process with uneducated people that will end up burning your business down even faster than if you went in the right order, which is get the right people, get the right processes in place, and then deploy tools to be, to be able to accelerate that process. In terms of tools, just right off the top of my head, um, I'm currently wearing the Bose SoundTrue Ultras. They're about $70 on Amazon and they are discontinued, but they're absolutely the best earbuds I've ever used. Uh, they're very comfortable and they have a very good microphone and I can just put them in my pocket. So get everyone a really good headset that has a very good microphone. You don't want to measure for like audio quality. You want to measure for microphone quality. And that usually isn't communicated that well um, just on the box. Talking about microphone quality, um, there's a tool that you recommended to me, actually, which I love and which everybody in my team is using. It's called Crisp, Crisp.ai, mm -hmm. which basically filters out all the background noise. So you could even have a call in, uh, in a restaurant with music playing in the background that would completely remove the, the music. And now I guess you may be 
at home where your dog is barking or your kids are playing or singing or whatever. Yeah, so crisp, very good. You know, good set of microphones. Um, a good mic and, and crisp is, is going to get you down the road in a big way. Uh, one password. So you can use a lot of these tools, but we use one password because it allows us to be able to create ciphers around passwords. So what in essence we do is we issue everyone a one password account, and then they don't actually know the passwords that they will use to log into any of the apps or websites that we have licenses with. And in, instead it just deploys a cipher. And what that allows us to do is if we have to let go of that person in the future, we just remove their one password access, and then we don't have to reset all the other passwords inside of the company. Um, that's a really good one. I think the paid version is like $2 per user per month for that type of capability to be able to share passwords within an organization with ciphers. Really useful tool. Uh, speedtest.net, very overlooked. Everyone in the company today, give them speedtest.net or tell them to go to speedtest.net, run a speed test, and then send you back the URL. So it'll be like speedtest.net slash result slash a whole bunch of numbers. And then that will show you the exact speed of their internet. And you need to have something that's below a 25 millisecond ping and is at minimum five megabits down and five megabits up. If it's below that number, you need to uh, upgrade their internet for them to be able to work from home effectively. Um, and another thing in terms of internet connection, something that we deploy is like, we always ask somebody in the hiring process that they have a backup device that can get them online. So when their local DSL is crapping out and not working, that they have like, they can, they can tether to their phone or they have like a little um, yep. what, hotspot we, type of thing. When I was working out of Egypt, I didn't realize, I went to about eight or nine different co-working spaces before I realized what the locals did was wired internet doesn't work in Cairo anywhere near as well as 4G. So everyone literally just runs all of their internet wireless. So take that in consideration as well. Having redundancies oh. is, is super important. Uh, next one is Google Apps for Business. It gives you cloud calendar, cloud documents, cloud spreadsheets, cloud drive, cloud presentations. I think it's like five to six dollars per month. There's other services that you can use, but we really like uh, Google Suites for Business. Basically allows you to have your own domain. So like liam at timedoctor.com is my email address. And that runs directly through Gmail, which is great. It also allows you to work on spreadsheets together at the same time. You see what other people are doing in real time, which is, I, I mean, I've been using yep. Google Docs since 2006 or something like this for, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And actually, when we sold one of our businesses, the acquiring company used the Microsoft version of this. And we had a few people that wanted to quit over this because it was such a horrible experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Particularly now in a work from home environment, well, which is yeah. going to be super important. Um, so Slack is pretty much the dominant solution for like instant messaging for internal teams. Another honorable mention is going to go to twist.com, um, which is built by my friend Amir, who is responsible for Todoist. Either of those tools, check them out. Great for sending quick messages back and forth. Um, in terms of video communication, Skype is free and a, probably the best free option on the market. 
Zoom is the best paid option on the market. So depending upon what you want to do, um, that's really good for video calls. Zoom gives you extra functionality, like there's recording built in. You can have 10,000 people on a call if you really want to. You can really scale that model. And with Skype, it's free, but it doesn't have that same type of functionality. Project management, tools like Asana, Trello, Basecamp, just Google those. Those are really good for be able, being able to like communicate information back and forth. I know, David, you actually have one on like meetings, which I think is going to probably, he just showed it to me before we jumped into this call, which I think is really going to be needed now in terms of the remote work world. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sure he's going to link that one below. Other stuff that's just kind of you don't think about, but is really important for people's overall mental health, get a big monitor. So buy all your team an external monitor. I use the ViewSonic vx32 with usb-c connector uh, so it connects right to my macbook pro and i can work from that external monitor uh, i also have a really good mouse it's called the mx master 3 it's about a hundred bucks but that's also really great um, and of course time doctor time tracking tool for remote teams i'm a little biased because i happen to be pretty heavily involved in that particular company but uh, i wouldn't have built that product had i not seen a need for it so once you're actually at that point, you know, you've gone through this day one where you've set up all these tools. Next week, you actually need to build your process documentation. And this is one of those things that everyone right now is having a moment of, I was talking to my father who was on a ventilator three months ago, had very bad pneumonia. Uh, he had a stroke two years ago. And I told him, you have weeks to prepare for this. You need to get your body as strong as humanly possible. And I think the same thing should be said for businesses. You need to get as strong as humanly possible in the next few weeks before the real wave hits. So let's assume 20% of your business, 20% of your people will not be able to go to work at any one point because they'll be sick. Is there any sacred knowledge inside of your organization? And what I mean by that is one person in the organization that knows something that is absolutely critical to the business. And if they cannot deploy that function, the business fails. So if David is the only one that knows how to do payroll and all of a sudden David is sick for the next six weeks, no one gets paid for the next six weeks. That's a big problem. You need to audit all of your processes right now. Now is the time to be able to do it. Uh, inside of our organization, we've also created process redundancies. So I was telling you, David, before we jumped on, that everyone in marketing is now doing support. And the way that we could do that is support already has an entire guide on exactly how to be a support rep. And we can take someone from not knowing anything about Time Doctor to within a week being able to answer level one tickets inside of our company. So we just took the marketing team and we turned them into support reps. That was very easy for us to do. And you need to have that type of redundancy um, inside of the company. Aside from just doing an exercise like this by kind of really writing down the process and looking at the process, you'll find how disjointed your process actually is. And by kind of writing it down, you see that certain things are touched by multiple people, but could be kind of streamlined. So it's, it's just in general, uh, you know, crisis preparation or not, it's a really good thing for you to 
write down your processes and look at it with the team and see what you can optimize. Your business will run 10x better. Yeah, I have a funny story about that. Um, one of my old sociology professors in grad school told me this story about, and I have this process inside of how to build a process, which I call the four Ds, discover, design, and deploy, and debug. So the discovery phase is where you figure out the history of the process. So remember my sociology prof was at one point, he had, his mother was cutting up the Christmas ham into two pieces before putting it into the oven. And he was really confused as to why he would cut up the Christmas ham into two pieces. So he asked his mother, well, like, why are you doing this? And he said, well, she said, my grandmother always did it this way. Why don't you go ask your grandmother? Went to the grandmother, said, why did you cut the Christmas ham into two pieces? And the grandmother said, well, that's because that's the way that my mother did it. Why don't you ask your great grandmother why she did it that way? Goes to the great grandmother and says, you know, why did you do this? And she said, I had a small pan. So I had to cut the ham into two pieces before it would go into the oven. And that's really important. You need to discover the history of the process because the history of the process may be really stupid. And maybe you need to, maybe you can completely get rid of certain processes inside of your organization because they're done a certain way and they're not done efficiently. Maybe that's like the next month or two. Right now, crisis mitigation, you need to figure out your sacred processes and you need to be able to, at a drop of a hat, have people move from marketing to support to maybe development to sales. Uh, There's a great resource on documentation at about.gitlab.com slash handbook. It is the largest remote process document in existence. It's 3,200 pages, and it is absolutely everything that GitLab does inside of their company. So if you want to know their company values, it's on there. If you want to know what kind of stock options you get, it's in there. If you want to know how they do a product demo, it's all in there. And Dimitri, who's the CTO of the company, encourages people to steal it. So you literally can just Mm -hmm. fork that Git repository, and then you can grab what you need from it. And that will at least give you a starting point because no one likes to do process documentation. It's kind of like doing your taxes. No one wants to do that. This is a really good framework for anyone that just is starting from zero. You might as well just grab their processes. Communication, that's the next piece that's so important inside of brick and mortar businesses, which I don't have that much experience with. I know you have experiences on both sides, David. The can I have a minutes, the the communication almost kind of like happening magically that doesn't exist inside of remote teams. Communication has to be scheduled, it has to be documented, and there has to be clear outcomes from it. Uh, And the reason being is because we're all disconnected, there's a lot of what we call inside of remote work, there's this debate of synchronous versus asynchronous communication styles. So right now we're communicating quite asynchronously. We have our Zoom videos on and we can see all of those nonverbal cues that connect to, maybe if I say something that you don't like, you wouldn't necessarily say it, but I can see it. Inside of brick and mortar companies, that's something that we've always just recognized. But inside of remote businesses, that's very different. So you need to schedule that communication. You need to have as high a level of communication as humanly possible. I have, my hierarchy is 
In-person beats video, video beats audio, audio beats instant messaging, and instant messaging beats email. As you move up the chain, you become more synchronous. As you move down the chain, you become more asynchronous. Both of those communication styles are needed inside of organizations. However, for just understanding where people's heads are at mentally, getting people on video as much as possible is super important. Yeah, we, ha we have a rule like videos have to be on. Videos have to be on and mic and you should not mute your mic. Um, yeah. I mean, if you have like That's noise in the background, you should mute it, but otherwise it should not be muted. So nobody like secretly starts typing or whatever, you know, because you're supposed to be like there and focused. And, right. Um, yeah, we've had, a, we've had a rule, which is um, anyone that we catch on their phones on video Uh, you know, they've got to pay like a buck or something like that. And then I think it, it, who, whoever, who, whoever's the last one to pay a dollar gets, you know, gets all the money for the meetings. Um, <laughs> you know, like just play little games like that. Yeah. You, you need to be focused during these conversations because they're really critical and you wouldn't be on your phone in a brick and mortar meeting, right? Maybe you'd be, maybe you'd be hiding it under the, under the desk or something like that, but fundamentally treat them the same way as a brick and mortar meeting just because you're looking at a computer screen doesn't necessarily mean that you're not communicating with real humans. And that's, that's important to understand right now is yes, these are these people that you were working with in person are now pixels on a screen, but that doesn't mean that you can't treat them any differently. You should be treating them exactly the same and treating them with the same level of respect that they deserve because yes, we're all digital at this point, but you know, we're still humans. Um, and It's really important to remember it at this particular time when we're going through this type of situation. And also kind of getting back to structure and processes also in communications. I'm a big fan of level 10 meetings from the book Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business, because it like gives you a, mm -hmm. a clear structure on like how the meeting goes you know, first. Good news, then you look at the KPIs, then you look at the to-dos from last, month, last week, you look at the, the 90-day goals that you had, and then you come to the IDS section where you really talk about the problems that you want to solve and you recap the to-dos and then you um, rate the meeting from one to 10. This is how the, where the, the name is coming you're, from. You're uh, way ahead of me. Yeah, because that's my next month. <laughs> uh, metrics, metrics and mental health. And you're absolutely right. Level 10 framework is perfect framework that everyone should run with right now because it's tried and true. We, we know that it works and spending more time with brick and mortar businesses I realized that a lot of businesses do not operate that way. So talked about how communication has to be deliberate inside of remote teams. You also need to be able to have an outcome from every meeting. So what did I learn? What quantitative metrics were deployed inside of that meeting? Am I on track? Am I not on track? These are really important things inside of meetings that you need to be able to, to measure. And I, Like we have a weekly sync document, which is in essence exactly the same thing as level 10 meetings. So what are everyone metrics? What are we celebrating? What do we need to do next? What's everyone's big, huge Q1 target as an example? Uh, are you on track to be able to hit that? Do I need to be able to spend more time with you? So I'll usually do a weekly sync with each department and then with each person that I'm personally managing, I'll do a one-on-one. -on -one. And that's a really good framework to work with right now, because I think you should be meeting with everyone right now, at least twice a week, once in a group meeting, and then once for a one-on-one -on -one each week, 
because of the second factor that I think is going to be really problematic within the next month or two, which is mental health. So everyone right now is at a higher level of anxiety. I think the people that are currently working for you right now, their wife or husband may have lost their job within the last week or two. And so you need to measure that anxiety. We've done things like someone needs groceries. They're thinking about going out and going grocery shopping and they have anxiety about that. Well, we just Amazon Prime them their groceries. You solved the problem. It was a very small cost for us Goes a long way. It was really big for them. And it reduces that level of anxiety because what we need our team to do right now is to be relaxed as much as possible and operating at peak efficiency. So when you look at throwing an extra, you know, hundred or $200 at somebody to be able to reduce their anxiety from an eight to a six, that is going to produce massive dividends for you. Um, so you need to be able to assess that and mental health doesn't just appear or disappear. That's the thing that a lot of people don't recognize. And, and you have to think about it almost like any other disease that people would get. Mental health happens slowly. So it happens over months. And you need to be able to monitor. I, I have something called the five-minute journal, which is not around me right now. But we've been using those religiously for years. And inside of that journal, it will ask you, like, how good do you feel today out of 10? That's a really good measure to be able to see your mental health. Uh, and I even think that having people report that to you or having them report that to themselves and then reaching out to you when there might be a problem is super important. If you can do other things like, let's say that you're in a situation where a, a, a team member can't make their mortgage because their wife got laid off or their husband got laid off. Could you, you know, could you float them a little bit of cash for the next month or two? These are things that will be huge if you can afford it to just reduce that leveling of anxiety and keep that team functional. Because here's the silver lining of this entire process. The people that make it through the next three to six months will end up being at the top of the deck in the new economy. So whenever you look at, and I, I don't like to call it an economic correction, I think we're literally reshuffling the deck right now. And like live, you know, we're seeing businesses fall and we're seeing, you know, businesses being made within the next weeks. So if you can be out on top of everyone else, you're the kingmaker in the next year. So that's why it's really important to make these investments now. Whenever I look at disaster mitigation, my old supervisor in grad school was a UN representative for the, the International Refugee Board. And he, he gave me this piece of advice, which has always stuck with me and is in my head every day now. In any disaster, the people that move usually survive and the people that stay put usually die. Hmm. So you need to keep your head on a swivel you need to see where those opportunities are. You need to deploy your resources very quickly towards those opportunities. The faster that you can move now, this is not a time to be necessarily conservative. This is a time to deploy the resources that hopefully you've saved to be able to figure out how can I end up at the top of this deck within the next three, six, 12, 18 months. A friend of mine, Charles Godet, who's an amazing business coach, 
you post something on Facebook, you said that the Chinese word for crisis is made up of two characters. One of the characters is a threat and the other one is opportunity. Yeah. You know, so it's like in, uh, in other things, like in, in every crisis, there's a lot of opportunity, hidden opportunity as well. You can also, you know, kind of do really well if, you, if you're not staying static, if you kind of adjust, there may be an opportunity that you can actually really thrive. Going back to mental health and talking, doing and running meetings, one-on-one meetings especially, I have a check-in section where I ask every meeting, I ask these three questions to um, the people that I manage. I ask them, what makes you happy? And what drains you? And how do you feel about your performance? By asking these type of questions, you can really tickle out things that they, that's maybe not even top of their mind, but kind of like, you know, dig a little deeper and you'll find out what, yeah, what stresses them out or what's going well or not well in the business. So I can highly recommend the yeah. add this to your one-on-one. I, I think that that's so important for people to, <clears throat> to hear because whatever you can do to detect a downturn in someone's mental health as early as possible, the, the actual solution is just as small. It's like a stitch in, t- in time saves nine mindset. So if people are starting to arc down, you can, with very small amount of resources, solve that problem. But if this lasts two to three months, that's when you start entering chemical depression. And once you're in a state of chemical depression, um, it's really hard to get out. Yeah, it's very very difficult to get out of it. It requires six months of really concerted effort to be able to pull yourself back out. So take that into consideration really important that you guys um, are managing that inside of your and also managing yourself i know that a lot of people right now listening are probably are are, have probably lost a lot of money uh or probably you know if you're a restaurateur right now my heart goes out to you anyone that owns a hotel right now my heart goes out to you but people will need to eat in restaurants people will need to go and stay in hotels this is not going to change I, i love the um I think it's the second law of Newtonian physics that um, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It simply mm-hmm. changes from state to state. So we're just in a state of change right now. Um, the energy still existed. The money that's in the economy is still there and it's just floating. So it will reorganize itself very soon. You need to be able to navigate yourself through because what if you could end up at the end of this being the dominant player in the hotel industry that's absolutely possible within the next six months um in your city or your town or you know even globally anything is 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 out there right now because we're reshuffling the deck very actively which is something that i never thought i would have been alive to experience this level of economic correction which is very surprising but i mean looking back at very exciting the, the 2009 quote-unquote crisis, even though it wasn't really a crisis comparing to what's happening now, you right. know, back then I didn't really feel anything. We were like in the tech bubble and this was like going well, but kind of now it's, it's really drastic to see what's going on. But yeah, fingers crossed. I hope yeah. this will be over soon. Absolutely. And I think the faster that we all stay home and work from home, the faster we'll be able to fly in planes and (laughs) and go to restaurants and um, all the things that I really enjoy doing in my life, you know, we'll be able to get back to those things, but we have to take our medicine and the medicine is very simple. 
stay at home, watch Netflix and play video games. That's the <laughs> dosage that everyone needs to take for the next six to 10 weeks. Yes. And please. once we get through that, we'll be back to where we need to be. Yes, please do this so I can hang out with Liam at, at conferences again, because this is yeah. where, where we see each other most of the time. Exactly. All right, awesome, Liam. Thank you very much for sharing this very important information for these crazy times. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, other than, you know what, the remote aid, which is something that I, I just want to shamelessly plug right now. If you are, if you want to learn more about remote work and really the, the ins and outs of it, we're experts at this. We've been running the largest conference on remote work for a while now. Uh, we're running a virtual event. It's by donation only. If you want to, you can attend for free. Um, if you want to donate a dollar or two, everything's going to the Red Cross. And we'd love to be able to see you there. Just go to runningremote.com and you can check it out. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'll definitely check it out. Maybe we'll even get a virtual booth there if this is still a possibility. And yeah, Liam, th thank you very much for, if people want to reach you, they can reach you at Liam Remote at, on Twitter and I guess on, on Facebook mm -hmm. as well. And then uh, YouTube is a really good resource as well. YouTube.com slash running remote. All of our talks are up for free. So anyone that wants to consume that content, there's 400 hours of content on there that you can consume. So again, if you don't even want to pay the dollar towards the Red Cross, you can consume 400 hours of content on remote teams right there. Rock and roll. Awesome. Thank you very much, Liam. This was really cool. And yeah, good luck with the conference. Let's get through this crisis. And I hope I get to see you soon in person at the conference or wherever. Me too. That's my entire goal right now is to just make sure that I can party with David at somewhere on planet Earth. But yeah, thanks for having me. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step -step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.